mission for Christ. Um, but, but yeah, so many of you at this point are like, well, what can, what can I do? And, uh, uh, and, and two little action steps on that before I kind of get more into my, my message here. Uh, uh, if you, first off, if you are a young person or a teenager, or maybe you know a teenager who has a heart for Jesus and wants to see an impact even here in Australia, um, if, uh, if you are a young person or know a young person, uh, teenagers can, can join us and they can join this, um, as God is on the move and, uh, we've been having meetings and there has been some interest here in Australia here, uh, in the last uh, year or so. And, uh, we're hoping and praying that, uh, sometime in the next, uh, even year or two, we could have our first ever Australian how to life event or more, uh, as teenagers from, uh, Australia reach out, um, it's been a very organic movement that's been growing through social media. That's how a lot of this has happened, because for the first time in human history, teenagers in the U.S. and Australia and uh, in Brazil and uh, everywhere can all meet each other through their cell phones. And also another thing that's usually been a very bad thing for Generation Z uh, is social media. But in this case, it's been a good thing in how we have been able to meet people around the world and, and see a, a, a heartbeat and message uh, shared amongst people. Um, so uh, if you're a young person, we'd love for you to get involved with this sort of thing. And you can uh, find us on Instagram at How to Life Movement or, or con uh, connect with me later today. Um, yeah, but, but every person in this uh, room can join the, the How to Life Movement, um, uh, especially through prayer. And we would love to invite you all to pray for this movement specifically and what God is doing. Uh, uh, we are looking to mobilize many people to pray on behalf of uh, on this uh, unique, powerful movement of teenagers and young people uh, to pray that, that God will move um, lives are changing, and it, it truly has been a movement that's been very amazing to see take place. Um, but, uh, and I'd love to talk to any of you all later if you have specific questions about this. Um, but yeah, I want to uh, kind of broaden this now and talk now about three takeaways that we can all have from this movement that's been taking place. Um, things that we've seen uh, take place around the world that I want to kind of share about and, and share from Scripture about uh, some of the the, the powerful uh, points uh, that uh, can be taken away from this. Um, we've we've had, as I shared, many events around the United States, Europe, and the world. Uh, and this next year, we're anticipating many, many more, uh, dozens more, even in the next couple months before the end of our our uh, U.S. and European school year, uh, since we're approaching the end of the year. You all are just getting started here. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, but the principles that we've been learning are not just for young people. Uh, uh, as we've seen students emerge in this movement, uh, we have three takeaways. And so I'm going to go and start. The first takeaway uh, that we can take from what God's been doing through all this is to be bold, not cold. We need to be bold for Jesus. Young people in, in the How to Life movement um, uh, are living in a time when it's maybe never been more hostile to stand for Christ, it seems. And yet that's exactly what these young people are doing. Uh, what is the cost to these students for standing boldly and living for Jesus? Uh, often it's, it's things simple as simple as just popularity or fitting in, 
but uh, or or all sorts of different things, friendships uh, that uh, and, and and connection to the world in a way that uh, can often. Uh, can hurt and, uh, and not be the best, but uh, but these young people don't care because they are all in for Jesus, and because time is short, and that's important for us to remember. Um, in the United States, we have uh, what we call football, or you would call American football. Um, uh, in the in the last two minutes of a uh, of an American football game, and and this would apply to a lot of sports. In the last two minutes, um, people kind of go extra crazy, like, all right, the game's about to end. This is our last chance to score points, to put points on the board, to try to win the game. Uh, in the U.S. for American football, if you've ever watched the Super Bowl or something like that, uh, you would see at the end of the game, it's called the two-minute warning. Uh, it's, got a, it's got a name for it. And uh, basically, the teams realize that time is running out, and we have nothing left to lose, and we must win before the clock runs out. I believe that we have heard God's two-minute warning in, in life very much so, most very likely, uh, before he comes back. He could be coming back very soon. No one knows the hour or the date, but it, it could be soon. And, uh, and that means that this is a time when we need to be bold. Um, and this is not the time for our comfort zone. And uh, in the U.S., we have a term called the American dream. And, uh, and the American dream is when people want just that perfect lifestyle, the, the good job, the good family, make lots of money, have a great life, and, uh, and in essence live for me now because, because we only have 70 years, so why not? Just live for now. And, um, and that's not God's plan for us. Our, uh, God wants us to live boldly for him and to get out of our comfort zone and to be passionate. Um, so Matthew 24 12 to 14. I want to uh, speak on this passage here, uh, these three verses here. Um, Matthew 24, 12 to 14. I'm just going to read it here. Uh, Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Here's what Jesus is saying. In the end times, there will be a fast acceleration of wickedness. And I don't know when Jesus is coming back, but can we all agree that we are seeing an increase of wickedness in the world? Um, and what are God's people going to be doing when there's an increase of wickedness? Unfortunately, it looks like, <clears throat> based on this passage, that they are sadly going to sleep and because it says that the love of most will grow cold. That's what Jesus himself says. <clears throat> so that's the first group, the colder. But then there's a second group. The gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. That is the group that I want to be in, the bolder. Um, you guys I hear have been talking about Romans 1.16 a lot lately, um, uh, where it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. That verse embodies the bolder, because we should not be ashamed of the gospel. The gospel is the only hope for this world, the only hope for this country, the only hope for every country, for every person on this planet, is the hope that comes through Jesus alone. So there's two groups, colder and bolder. And I want to ask you today, which one are you? Um, 
The second point here today is to reach your tribe. What do I mean by that? Um, what is a tribe? A tribe is a group of people that you hang out with. That's what I'm referring to here. Each and every one of us in this room has a tribe. Young people are a tribe. My tribe in high school was other high school students, and I went to school with others, people that were like me that would listen to me because I was like them, and that's often a trend that we see with this. We've seen that with How to Life. Teens listen to teens, but it doesn't just stop there. Um, there's other tribes. There's a mom tribe. If you're a, if you're a mother, uh, uh, other mothers will listen to you probably because mothers listen to mothers about motherly advice. And um, there's a business leader tribe. Business people might listen to other business people. Uh, maybe people in your neighborhood are a part of your tribe, people in your community. You are in the best position to reach somebody also who's like you. Um, because as I said, How to Life believes that the best way to reach a teenager is through another teenager. Um, here in Australia, who is a lost teenager most likely to listen to when it comes to the gospel? Another teenager, a teenager that knows Jesus. Um, retired businessmen, who are they most likely to listen to? Another business person or maybe different people from neighbors, different things. Your tribe will listen to you. Uh, 1 Corinthians 5.20 says, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. People won't listen to just a professional God salesman uh, often anymore, uh, especially in today's day and age. It, 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 it's harder than ever to get people to come to a, to a religious event, to hear the gospel. And uh, some people might not even step foot in a church because they're scared. Like, whoa, why would I go to a church? But, but each and every one of us, know people and interact with people that don't know Jesus on a daily basis. And, uh, and that's something where it is our job as followers of Jesus to share the gospel and to help our friends and our coworkers and our uh, people that we do life with help them find Christ. And, and that's what's really amazing. We are all positioned, and God puts us in these positions uh, in life uh, to be able to, uh, uh, to impact others in those positions. So I want to encourage all of us in here to step up uh, as we can be God's ambassador to the world, into your world. The third takeaway uh, from How to Life that we're very passionate about here uh, and have been is to let Jesus take control. We came up with the name How to Life. A lot of people ask the question like, well, that's a funny name. That's not grammatically correct. It should be How to Live or How to Live Your Life. I'm like, well, that's that's kind of the point. We it makes people stop and think. How to life? Whoa! What does that mean? We're talking about how to do life with Jesus, and um, because He is the answer to how we do life. Um, the answer that we are sharing with our generation, and uh, that I'm sharing with with others from Generation Z, Generation Z around the world, uh, is that uh, is that if you that we need to follow Jesus and completely surrender to him and let him drive our life. It's very amazing, and, and we are constantly seeing life change through uh, this movement of young people. Many uh, there's, there's some young people, even one recently, who was telling me how uh, they felt like they, they were playing the game and, and knew all the stuff, knew all the words to say, but only recently did it click 
this is about a relationship with Jesus. This is about a relationship with God who made us and, and how important that is. And, uh, and that uh, even just recently, it's like, that's when it finally clicked. And, and we often see a lot of young people who uh, some uh, hear about Jesus for the first time. Others uh, have been around church stuff their whole life, but eventually just kind of all comes together. And it's like, whoa, this is about a relationship with the one who created us. And that's so, so powerful. Um, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says that, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. It isn't, so it's not about our good works. It is not about what we do that get us to God. It's not about, I think I've been a good person. Will God let me into heaven? No, it is about Jesus. He's already paid that price that we need that, that otherwise we deserve to pay. Uh, Matthew 7, 21 to 23, these are the most haunting words in all of Scripture. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. And that's scary because that's about people that think that they're Christians and stuff, and that's very, very uh, tough and haunting. But, but that's the reality is that this is about truly knowing Jesus the gospel is not good works. It is total surrender, saying, Jesus, you can have my life. Many people are going to miss heaven by 18 inches. Christ is in their head, but not in their heart. 18 inches. At every How to Life event that we've done, we always finish by sharing the gospel. The gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ, how he made a way for us to be reconciled in our relationship with God. We were all created by God to have a relationship with him. In Colossians, it says that all things were created by him and for him. God wants each and every one of us to have this relationship with him. That's why we were created. That's why God created Adam and Eve was to have a relationship with his creation. But there's a problem, and that's sin, and that each and every one of us have have sinned. The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And, and that sin has separated us from God. And uh, the Bible says in Romans 6, 23, that the wages of sin is death. And that means that if we don't know Jesus, that means truly we will be separated uh, from God in all eternity in a place that the Bible calls hell. But the good news, the gospel, the good news is Jesus, and that uh, we can have this relationship with God because of what his son Jesus did for us. And John 3, 16, one of the most common verses that we know, but that's because it is the most, one of the most powerful, uh, met, uh, just summarizing all of this, that for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that if whoever believes in him, they will not perish, but have everlasting life. And uh, I, I love sharing that. We share that at, at every How to Life event pretty much and, and ask people to put their name in there. For God so loved your name that he gave his one and only son that if your name believes in him, then your name will not perish but have eternal life. And that's so powerful. But this relationship uh, with God is one that we must choose. We must choose 
this relationship. We must stop running a life of my way and what we want to do. And we must say, um, uh, and truly, truly grab onto Jesus like he's our one and only hope. Because each and every one of us have said, God, you run the universe, but, but I'm going to run me. I'm going to run my life. I'm going to do things my way. And we must turn from that and say, God, I want this relationship with you and grab onto him like he's our one and only hope. I do want to take just a moment here, uh, if you all uh, wouldn't mind, to, uh, to like bow your head and close your eyes just kind of for this, uh, this next moment here to, uh, to have a, a, just a quick time of prayer. Um, for anyone in here today, maybe, maybe this is uh, a moment of wanting to, uh, to really get right in your relationship with God. Maybe you, maybe you already have this relationship with God. And, uh, but maybe there's some sin in your life or uh, just some junk in your life, something that's keeping you from this relationship with Jesus. Uh, I just want to kind of encourage you and, and kind of in this moment here, in, in our kind of our final moments together, um, to take a moment to get right in your relationship with God. All of us in here, at one point or another, have played the game saying, we're one person on church on Sunday, but then on Monday and Tuesday, it can look like we're a completely different person. If today, if for you, you want this relationship with God the Father, I want to encourage you to, uh, to pray something in your heart like this. These are no magic words. But Jesus just wants to hear from your heart. You could pray something just quietly in your heart. Something like, Lord, I've been running my own life, but that is over as of today. I've been living for me. I'm sorry for my sin. I want this relationship with you. I believe that your son Jesus paid the death penalty that I deserve to pay. And from today on, I'm yours. If today, if that was the first time you prayed that prayer, then that is absolutely amazing. And, and God is rejoicing. There's a party in heaven right now about you finding Jesus. Each and every one of us need to make sure and make this faith our own. It's not our parents' faith. It's not our pastor's faith. It's, it's God working in our lives in that relationship with him. As we shared earlier today, finding that moment of stillness in, in God's presence. We, one of the biggest things that we all do is have busy lives and just live and things pile on top of each other. And it just feels like, do we even have time to stop and realize, hey, this is a relationship with Jesus and he is who matters at the end of the day. We have maybe 70 plus years on this earth, maybe less. 
maybe a little more. But nonetheless, that's it. And then eternity is a really long time. And, and what's so encouraging is to know that this hope of the gospel is clear, the hope that comes through Jesus. And this hope of the gospel can impact the next generation, Generation Z, can impact the millennials, Generation X, baby boomers. Every single generation can be impacted for the gospel through Jesus. So, and may, maybe maybe you already have this relationship with Jesus, and and you just have some sin in your life, some uh, some some stuff in your life that you want to get rid of. We often say uh, at a How to Life event, toward the end of the event, maybe you're holding into Jesus in one hand and the sin, the junk that he died for in the other. And we can't hold both. We must drop one or the other and may we drop that sin, may we drop that junk out of our life and truly let Jesus wash our hearts and cleanse us. So I want to kind of close out this segment. I'm going to pray, and I'm going to hand it back um, to the pastors here. And Thank you all so much once again for, uh, for, for having me here today. It's been amazing to, uh, to join you all and to be part of such a vibrant uh, body here that's passionate about Jesus passionate about seeing uh, the next generation impacted, passionate about seeing this country impacted for Christ. That's what's so amazing and powerful about the God that we serve. So I'm going to pray here and kind of close this out, and I'd love to connect with any of you guys afterward later, and uh, and it's just truly been a blessing to be here today, uh, but I'll go ahead and pray. God, we just thank you for who you are and for how faithful you are to us, and for how you have provided hope through your son, Jesus, for each and every one of us to truly be reconciled to you and to have this walk in relationship with you, the one who made us. You're the one that designed us and and has a plan for us. And I pray that you would help us to truly run after you and only run after you and to flee from the ways of this world and to flee from the sin and to flee from the uh, the temptation in our life that can often be so powerful and enticing uh, to, to slip into things. And none of us in here are perfect. I'm not perfect, but you are. And you through us, it's absolutely amazing. We thank you for the work that you're doing in this next generation. I thank you what you have been doing through this How to Life movement and uh, through uh, through was what well, was just me and a few teenagers around my table in the U.S. a few years ago. Now this has become a global movement. Only by your grace is that possible, and, and we praise you for that. I thank you for the work that you're doing here in Australia. Thank you for the National Day of Prayer that was yesterday and the, the work that you're doing here in the capital. We pray for the cities of this country. We pray for Sydney and Melbourne and Brisbane and Adelaide, Perth, all these cities, Canberra. 
and the people here that, that need you and need the hope that only comes through you. We pray that there would be awakening in this country and, uh, and revival that happens and, uh, and truly a move of God unlike anything this country has seen before. We pray that that would happen and that uh, we've been talking about what is a new thing and it might not look like what we're used to, but it could be new and fresh and uh, and we pray that that would happen and pray that we wouldn't be resistant to that, but that we would be excited about what we're, what you're doing through each and every one of us. I pray that you would all help each and every one of us to find what is our tribe? What is it that you are calling each and every one of us to do? How can we reach our friends? Why have you positioned us in our life circumstances that we are? How can we reach those in our communities with the gospel? I pray that you would help us to do that and to be bold and to bring the message of hope to our friends because some of our friends that we uh, live life with, our colleagues, our coworkers, we may be the last best chance for them to hear the gospel. We might be the only Christian that they know, their only chance at you in many cases. And help us not to close our mouth, but rather to be bold and to, to be bold, not cold. Help us to boldly realize, hey, life is short. It doesn't matter what uh, people think about us. It matters our eternity and their eternity. Help us to get a passion for the lost people in our life that we live life with. I pray for the young people of this country. I pray that you do a, a mighty work amongst the teenagers, that you'd raise up teenagers to lead boldly, uh, to reach this country for you. We know that teens listen to teens and we might not wish that it would be that way, but that seems to be the way that it is. And we pray that you would move through teenagers and young people. Beyond that, I pray that you'd use all of us to impact the next generation, that you would open opportunities for us to share about the hope through uh, that we have in you to teens, to people our age, to people older than us. Just pray that all over the place you would make a difference. And thank you so much. Thank you for this time here today. And we thank you for the, the pastors here and for how you've been using them mightily. And I pray that you continue to do so and just bless this church body in an amazing way. We thank you for who you are, for how faithful you are to us. And we pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. Who enjoyed that? Can we just stand as we conclude? Just want to do a couple of things before we let you go. You can keep playing if you like. <laughs> Where's the anointing gone? Um, I'd love to just pray for Jordan and for this How to Life movement. And how encouraging to hear, you know, we see the statistics all the time, don't we, of all of the not so good stuff that's going on in young people and around the planet. But just to know that God is at work. He is. He is at work in young people and each and every generation. And that's our desire, really, to see him move afresh. And um, I just want to invite you that if there is anyone this morning who there was something, as, as Jordan was praying, it was just resonating within your heart, you were praying that, or maybe even you weren't praying it and you wish you did, you know, there is no greater joy than seeing people step from darkness into life, from death into the life that is offered through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if, if that is you this morning, I don't want you to go without stepping forward and just allowing us to pray for you. I'd love to pray with you, 
love to be able to connect with you and walk alongside you as you begin the greatest adventure and journey that any of us can take into the purpose and the plan and the power of the relationship that the Lord Jesus Christ offers to each and every one of us. So if you're separated, if you're far away, if there is any sense in your life that you are not right with God, then I want you to come forward this morning. We've got the prayer team to come as well. There's an opportunity this morning to receive prayer for anything and everything that you might need prayer for. And I hope that that there is. I mean, if you've been around this year, there's just some some things that the Lord keeps saying, isn't there? (laughs) My prayer is that we would have listening ears to hear what it is that He's saying. Just re-capturing the beauty of His gospel, but of the joy and the delight and the privilege it is that He would call us to proclaim His good news. I was just thinking as I heard Jordan's story so often, we've been talking the last few weeks about not ashamed of the gospel, preaching the gospel. And sometimes, for me anyway, that has images of maybe a a soapbox in the middle of a, a busy street and people around. And I mean, some people are called to that. I think the Apostle Paul was one of those guys. He just seemed to preach anywhere and everywhere. And the prisoner chain next to him and the prison warden and the people, just whoever it was who'd listen. But for so many of us, that proclamation of the gospel, it's far simpler, isn't it? It's just, God, who is around me? Family, friends, neighbours, different groups. Who is it that we can reach out to in love with that good news that Jesus offers? So I know I've already prayed, but I just want to pray one more time, particularly pray for Jordan and this movement. And then I presume the prayer team is still on their way somewhere. They can come out and we'll just uh, open up the altar here to see what the Lord would do. So Father, we thank you again this morning for all that you have done, for all that you are doing, for all that you will do. I particularly just want to thank you for Jordan, for this movement that he started amongst young people. And Lord, we do cry out for a revival, for a moving of your spirit that turns hearts, the hearts of young people, certainly of all peoples, but particularly we pray for him and this particular movement. And may it bring many, many young people to you. Pray you bless him and his team with wisdom. And that there would just be open doors in other nations and other states to, to really outwork your plans and your purposes all across the globe. Give them everything they need, every provision. Lord, we thank you in advance that you are a God who provides. And we bless him personally. Pray for his uh, meetings in coming days. And may they be graced with a sense of your presence. We pray that in Jesus' name. So if you need prayer this morning, just invite you to come forward. Yep. And particularly if you want to respond to that, that sense of recommitting, rededicating your life to the Lord, then I want you to come and stand now.